ओम भद्रम मे अतय मन ओम शातिशाशाति mumukshutvam it's a mouthful and it's a mouthful because it has to be carefully articulated because it's a very important qualification for the study of vedanta shastra shastra means teaching vedanta means that which occurs at the end of the vedas the story of one's self that is revealed in the veda to be free of sorrow fear afflictions conflict poverty mentality thinking i don't have i don't have i don't have scarcity mentality and feeling always somebody is out to get me these are all hallmarks of samsara samsara means a life where all these things aforementioned things are prevalent freedom from that is mumukshutvam formed by the root verb much to be free so much to be free and then when you make it into a masculine noun then we know what we are talking about moksha so much to be free then gives moksha and this moksha you make it into a desiderative noun that also is a mouthful what is a desiderative noun desiring for something so the desire for moksha is called mumuksha or mumukshutvam motarik mumuk three three forms you can mumukshuta mumukshutvam or mumuksha all of them same thing desire to be free then the million dollar question is free from what what is there to be free from and for that we say anything that you do not want this is the best answer because one person wants to be free of the spouse all right and the other person wants to marry the first person's spouse <laughs> so how do you define freedom it is difficult difficult to to say what is you know one person wants to be free of this what is that jalopi jalopi means this kind of a car more bekar than car bekar means useless they want they say oh let's oh bhagwan oh lord please send somebody who will buy this tin can that's what the car is because it's so old has so much mileage nobody wants to buy that he is desperate to sell then another person has somehow with great difficulty scraped a few pennies together 
that's not enough to buy anything and is hoping to at least buy some kind of a car. Suddenly sees the advertisement for this car. Cheap, wonderful, desperate to buy the car. And prays to Bhagavan. She prays to Bhagavan. Please, by the time I get there, <laughs> I have to take a bus and go there. By the time I get there, please, O oh Lord, let it not be sold. Bhagavan says, Tathastu to the first one. Tathas to the, to the second one. Tathastu means, so be it. And then somehow connects both of them together. And then this is how we have, each one feels free. So we cannot define what is freedom in a way. So there, because the sources of affliction and the sources which makes one feel bound are of many, many varieties. Nana vidham, different varieties. And so therefore, we define moksha as freedom from whatever one does not want to have ever. It's a kind of a negative definition. It is not a positive. Freedom is getting something. No. Freedom is letting go of something. That is really the definition. In fact, it is in keeping with the whole Vedanta teaching, which is nine-tenths dismissal of what one is not and one-tenth affirmation of what one is. Satchidanandam Brahma. One is Satchidanandam. One is of limitless source of existence that is conscious, conscious being. One is a conscious being who is not bound by the notion I am this body. So this is moksha. Even without knowing the definition of moksha, every single person wants moksha. Every single person that we see in the universe is struggling for something or the other, something or the other. I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this, I have to have this. I can't live without this. I have to get rid of this. I can't live with this like this. There are numerous attempts to gain what is called moksha, freedom. Freedom is always from something. When you say freedom, it, it is always in relation to being free of something. And so the word freedom is like that. It takes the fifth case of freedom from, freedom of, free of, freedom from. And this is how it is defined. But then when we look into the what is ailing each and every person, one thing emerges in common. And what is that? Uh, if I have certain things in my life, I suffer from a sense of bondage. Why do I say a sense of bondage? Why do we say that? Because this bondage is going and coming. Going and coming. If it was there all the time, I would learn to live with it. Like a skin disease, you scratch and you learn to live with it. It doesn't go. It comes quickly but doesn't go quickly. 
you learn to live with it you say okay this is how it is but one struggles to be free of this and and there seems to be some knowledge in each and every head of what life is like with this amorphous concept of freedom in sleep no credit card problems no telephone issues no uh, what is that no desire to get rid of anything no pain no sorrow no anxiety no what will people think i this disease what will happen who will who will be there for me when i grow old therefore i have to have a few people around and i have to go look them up when they are sick so that they can come look me up when i am sick all these things are not there in sleep one is even blissfully unaware of one's own body one is unaware mind one is unaware how i look i'm not concerned that's why people can open the mouth and be drooling on one side and still have no shame no self consciousness about it at all and in sleep one has moksha that's why everybody is excited to go to sleep and don't want to get up nobody wants to get up this is this is called vyabhichara there is a contradiction and so therefore i cannot come to terms with this bondage that's why we call it so called bondage a notion of bondage or a sense of bondage it is sensed only when one is awake and it is sensed when one has dissatisfaction this is what we call a sense of bondage which seems to be there sometimes but then whenever it is there i become very active and frenetic uh, uh, to get rid of this bondage notion of bondage the notion appears like a notion of bondage so this the so samsara which is what is the meaning of this notion of bondage in sanskritam is described in the shastra as ocean of samsara but actually it is the notion of samsara that which converts this ocean this so called ocean into what it really is but a notion is vedanta is the search for moksha no other moksha is possible because yesterday we talked about we saw how in the uh, in vairagya you can run away from everything but you can't leave your head behind your head is there with you and it will have which is filled up with all kinds of complexes all kinds of fears all kinds of conclusions about the i that are at best mistake so moksha is freedom from these conclusions because the conclusions are wrong you are okay because in sleep you are fine and then suddenly you are having what is called in america a good day 
were having a wonderful day. And then somebody is rude to you when you're having a wonderful day. What do you say? It's okay. Doesn't matter. It's okay. Yes, you shouldn't have done that, but that's okay. Don't worry. You suddenly become accommodative. You can afford to be accommodative. Why? Because you're having what is called a good day. That's at least a surface level understanding. But when we look deeper into this good day, the good day seems to be a day where I'm not really assailed by impeding desires, imminent, urgent desires. That is what is a good day. In between two desires is a good moment. So I have moksha every night when I sleep. And sometimes while watching Vedanta videos also sleep comes. So one has moksha. <laughs> one is demonstrating the topic. <laughs> Showcasing the topic we can say. So one has moksha in sleep. One has moksha when, when there are no opportune desires. Importunate desires. Demanding desires that need to be urgently taken care of, one, seem, one can be free. One can be actually very pleasant to others, even when they are unpleasant to oneself. One can afford to be generous. One can afford to be not always having a nagging sense of self-doubt or judging other people or oneself. So in a way, Moksha is not a stranger. Moksha is something intimately known. And when I sense that I have this thing called Moksha, when I feel free of all the things that are coming in my way, then I feel more and more like myself. At other times, I don't feel like myself. I feel something is off. Why am I irritable? Why am I cranky? Why am I not just feeling more like myself? The more like myself is what? Non-demanding, appreciative, contented, non-judging, objective person. If you go trekking in the mountains, this is the person that obtains, generally speaking, for most people. Some people even complain after going on top of a hill. We are talking just not of those people. We are talking generally. So you are trekking in the mountains. The air, there is a nice breeze. Everything is green, let's say after the rains. And then you have a million dollar view of, of the world. You literally feel on top of the world. You are at a height. And then what? You feel just so absolutely wonderful. You feel great. And then what? You just have forgotten 
whatever else there is. And so that means what? You are non-demanding. You don't tell the tree, you're too short, you should have been taller. You don't tell the path that you're walking on. Why are you so narrow? Why are twigs on this path? You don't do any of that. You don't wish for the mountains to be shorter or taller. And if there is a river, you don't wish for it to be flowing this way as opposed to that way. You are in communion with everything. In other words, you are one with everything. And that's when your true self comes out. That is Mukta Purusha, a person who is free of this constant messages, wrong messages about oneself, about other jivas, other people in the universe, about the jagat, the world, and about Ishwar, the Lord. This is, this is moksha. This is what one wants. This is what one wants to be. The problem is, it's already an accomplished fact and one does not know. So these fleeting instances of being non-judgmental, accommodating, appreciative, contented, an objective person without even a shade of subjectivity is is something that is already familiar to me. Familiar it is all right, but it seems to be elusive. It seems to come and go. Searching for it as one searches for objects in the universe is what? Is like the sun, Surya Bhagavan, Sun Devata, Surya Devata. Devata means celestial. This sun searching for the night. The sun is in is very intrigued. We have a story like this. Narada, the sage, goes and tells the sun that you are so famous, everybody is doing Surya Namaskar, they are doing Namaskar to you. And they take so many names. They take all your names. They pray to you. Everybody. And Narada, of course, is a little bit of a mischief maker. What does Narada say? Yeah, almost everybody. What do you mean almost, Narada? Tell me. Who? Who is not seeing me? Who is not praising me? There is one lady. Who is she? Her name is Ratri, Miss Knight. Miss Knight doesn't want to have anything to do with you. Where is she now? She's in America. Uh, here, let's turn around the horses and go. And Narada is there for the ride because he wants to watch the fun. <laughs> and then they go to America. Wherever the sun goes, what does he bring? Dawn, light. Where did she go? Where did she go? Narada keeps quiet. He asks other people, where is Ratri? Oh, she just left. She's on her way 
she is right now in saudi arabia soon she will come to india and then she will go to japan then she will come back here okay i'll just wait here and he can't wait because the horses are restless seven horses each one of the color of the rainbow this is how we visualize so just like the sun and miss night never meet so is the jeeva the individuals search for this moksha as a discrete separate object in the universe you can find mocha starbucks <laughs> a drink moksha you will not find but yet undeterred we look for it as though it is one more object one more thing to get where are you going to get it it's like the fellow who came and told you know who did a lot of tapas he stood on one leg did performed a lot of religious austerities bhagavan came what do you want oh lord swami i want a head on my shoulders bhagavan did not share what he thought bhagavan thought it's obvious even though you have one your it is of no use <laughs> because you are not using it you are asking for a silly boon which even ishvara cannot give why you already have it then bhagavan says okay i can give you another head you can have double decker like indian buses or i can give you side by side if nothing works you can make money because to charge people to look at you or if you really want to make it very very interesting like brahma ji i can give you back to back four heads he has one is in the back you can have back to back you can confuse your loved ones whether they are going or coming you, you are going or coming they won't know so What, tell me what it is going to be, because I cannot give you a head over the shoulders. Why? You already have it. So too it is with moksha. You already have it. This is this is makes no sense. Then why are we doing a video over it? <laughs> if we, if I already have it, why should I watch you telling me that I already have it? and if i already have it then why does the shastra say this is one more qualification viveka vairagya and then this is the another qualification mukshutvam why is it mentioned as a qualification if it if i already have it it shouldn't be mentioned as something to get because these qualifications we get so if it is not something to get you just told me it is not something available in the market it's not something to get if it is not something to get then why does the shastra mention mumukshutvam mumuksha there are two ways of getting something you get something that is away from you and then sometimes you have to get something that is very near to you why because 
You cannot see it. You cannot see it. Why can't you see it? Because you do not know. And the stock example is, of course, glasses on the head. Then, look here, I forgot that I have put them there. Look here, look there. Where, where? Oh no, what happened to my glasses? I want the glasses. I'm much better with my glasses. I can see better with my glasses. I can read with my glasses. Where are my glasses? Then I have to go to glass the one who knows <laughs> where the glasses are. The knower of the glass I have to go to. And then I have to say, Adhihi Bhagavo, Adhihi Bhagavaha, please teach me. How to get the glasses, please teach me. And what will be, what will the glass teacher say? The glass teacher will say, it is already with you. Look into the mirror of the Shastra. <laughs> that will teach you this. So here, I need the teaching because I have looked high and low. Only when I am told, it is with you. You are the possessor of the glasses. Then only I come to know. Otherwise, how will I come to know that I am the possessor of the glasses? There is no way of finding out. At least in the example of the glasses, all the examples are very, very finite. So in the example of the glasses, one can say, what can one say that, okay, you can look in the mirror or you can look in a reflecting surface, glass, uh, window or something. And then you can find out. But the Shastra alone reveals the truth that you are already free. So that Shastra, the way one looks at it, at that Shastra which is my lifeline. The Shastra becomes a lifeline for whom that person is called a Mamukshu, the one who has the desire for freedom. The desire for freedom must be recognized as such. That I want this freedom which the Shastra says I already have. Why? Because I cannot enjoy it. Just like the glasses. I have them but I cannot enjoy clear reading. If everything looks garbled because I don't feel like I have them. I can't find them. Similarly, the moksha is sitting somewhere. Wherever that, wherever the, uh, the uh, values of compassion etc. reside, that's where moksha is. But it is eclipsed. It is eclipsed. It is eclipsed as it were by my raga. Strong preferences. By my prejudices. Dvesha. Strong ones. It is eclipsed by searching for moksha itself is an eclipse. Searching for moksha as an object itself is an eclipse. And so mamukshuta, mamukshutvam is to be cultivated. How can it be cultivated? I already have it, you say. You say I have moksha. Yes. You say I am searching for moksha already. Yes. So how to cultivate it? Cultivating it 
by directing the search from objects to the subject. That is the second thing we should understand about what it is to cultivate Mumukshutra. Mumukshu is a person who makes moksha a priority by searching in the right place. Not like the grandma's village needle. Grandma was doing embroidery and dropped the needle. And she said, oh, I really want to finish this. And I can't find my needle. I can't find my needle. Soon a small crowd gathered to help the grandma find her needle. Everybody looked and nobody could find. Finally, one young fellow had the discrimination to ask grandma, where did you lose your needle? She said, in my house in the village. Why are we looking at it in the village square? Because here there is light. In my house there is no electricity, no light. This is exactly how one looks for moksha in the wrong place, in the wrong places. And because moksha is with me, so therefore what? The ignorance that I have moksha is to be dismissed, is to be cleared. That which is the eclipse is the ignorance. Ragadvesha are its manifestations. Eclipse is the ignorance. The ignorance has to be dismissed. It has to be disbanded. It has to be dissolved. And the dissolution of this ignorance is moksha. So therefore now, what happens to my activities? My activities become more towards gaining this knowledge. That which is separated from me from the standpoint of this knowledge, the separating factor between me and this thing called moksha is not time. It is not space. There is no distance between me and moksha. It's not time. It's not space. What is it? Ignorance. Ignorance dismissed. Moksha is uncovered like the sun comes out after two days of fog, rain etc. So that moksha is already there. It has to be uncovered. So the desire for this uncovering must be fueled through an inner yajna, putting the ghee and nurturing this desire. Like the fire ritual, what do people do? They keep putting ghee. And when you put ghee, what happens? burns into a conflagration. Before I understand this, Mumuksha is like a small flame, mostly out. <laughs> and then little bit somehow it kindles itself when it comes to an ashram, when it attends a talk, a retreat, when it watches a video. Mumuksha comes out. Oh, what am I doing with my life? I should sit up straight. I should do something. I should, I should, uh, you know, go sign up for a course. What am I doing? I shouldn't waste my life. Heed that. Even that little flame. Heed that flame. Heed that desire. Put a drop of ghee if you can. Nourish that desire. And take it to a teacher. When you take it to the teacher, 
the power of the teaching the power of the teacher and the grace of the teacher and the power of the teaching is such that the pramana itself the means of knowledge called vedanta called the words of the upanishad they turn this miserable flame into a conflagration that is the beauty of it if i don't heed this desire this tiny flame it gets put out by the rain of my own despondency <laughs> i'll never get it who will get moksha not me you see the thoughts are all wet yeah damp thoughts my own thoughts i come in my own way my own infrastructure thinking that i am a finite being and with all these thoughts and difficulties my own hopelessness my own diffidence my own lack of self confidence comes in the way puts out the flame so the next time you recognize this flame you think of this talk and say yes yes i feel the flame i feel the flame <laughs> take it immediately safely carefully take it into a teaching situation oh but where i am there are no teachers doesn't matter <laughs> take it anyway where where should i take it take it to the next video that is also an option <laughs> take it to the next video keep that that knowledge coming into the fill up the antakarana the heart the mind with these teachings repeatedly constantly and then the person who is able to do that is the person who we say gains moksha moksha has to be a special desire that is specially cultivated which includes all the desires in fact anything that you desire is the desire for moksha what do we go after we go after something that will give me peace of mind that is moksha you go after something that you feel is giving you some happiness that is moksha you go after something that makes you get rid of all your problems that is moksha you go after something that distracts you from anything that you cannot handle that is moksha every desire the truth of what you are seeking is moksha all the desires are wearing a mask like uh, we have a festival in america called halloween they the children wear different disguises and come and then you give them sweets you give them some candy chocolates sometimes the children are very clever they come same child comes wearing different costume <laughs> moksha is like that the desire for moksha is the same desire wearing different costumes we go for the glitter we go after the costume go after what is behind the costume you will find that it is this desire to understand the truth of who i am mokshō me bhūyād iti ichchā the desire to be free from all these wrong conclusions i have come to understand wrongly about the nature of who i am this needs to be corrected 
And for that, I have to fan the flames of this desire. Om Shanti 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 Harihi Om Shri Gurubhyo Namaha Harihi Om